And hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. So today we are going to be reviewing The Fugitive. And of course, I have a very special guest with me. I actually have Kevin. I ended up I ended up messaging him on TikTok and everything. I liked his content enough to like, you know what? Let's collab because you have a very good way of actually reviewing movies. So without further ado, let's get on with the mo- show. And I can't wait to actually dive in to The Fugitive. Yes, sir. And hey, man, how are you? Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? That intro was fire. Dang. Thank you, man. I do appreciate that. Everybody Ooh. on here always winds up telling us how great and how fire that intro <laughs> is. As a matter of fact, some people's like, can, can we play it back again? I'm like, yeah, we'll, we'll play it back. That's, <laughs> so, <laughs> That's what I wanted to say. I'm like, hold on, man. Yeah, nice. That's, that's any, nice quality. Thank you, man. I do appreciate that. And if you can, tell everyone about your podcast, because you do have a podcast of your own outside of TikTok, things like that. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. So first of all, John, thanks for inviting me. Uh, So I'm a host of The Real For Real, R-E-E-L, for R-E-A-L, and been doing it with my two buddies, Isaiah and Trevor. We've been doing it uh, since 2020, and we're just three movie lovers, three good friends. We've known each other since the sixth grade, and we just critically analyze and review movies, talk about them. We have fun. We banner. And um, we just have a good time, really, because, I mean, we love just watching films. We are definitely diehard movie buffs, and we'd like to watch a little bit of everything. Talk about new movies that are coming out, but also just have some throwback and have like an indie series and talk about Indiana Jones or something like that. So we love just talking about everything, wide range of movies. And, uh, yeah, we started off on YouTube. Then we ended up converting and going over to Apple and Spotify, which is where you can find us. Um, I'm on TikTok as well. So, yeah, definitely uh, give us a follow when you can. Yeah, and a matter of fact, I actually have all the descriptions and everything in the show notes below so that way you guys can uh, follow him, show him some love over there because he does a fantastic job on TikTok and also on his podcast as well. But anyways, guys, this is what I want you guys to do. All right, listen up, ladies and gentlemen. Our fugitive has been on the run for 90 minutes. Average foot speed over an uneven ground bearing the injuries is four miles per hour. That gives us a radius of six miles. What I want from each and every one of you is a hard target search of every gas station, residence, warehouse, farmhouse, in-house, outhouse, Cracker Barrel, and the Movie Lovers Night studio in that area. Checkpoints go up in 15 miles. Your fugitive's name is Dr. Richard Kimball. Go, go, go get him. So. Hell of intro. Thank you. I appreciate that. But man, I just want to say this. I know that we were thinking of movies that we wanted to collab with, and you said The Fugitive. So the very first thing I thought of was like, okay, in the 90s, I remember Surf Ninjas was up at this mo- at the movie theater. Yeah. And then also Jason Goes to Hell was over there. Yep. As well. Ooh, classic. Man. And, um, but, you know, as a kid, I remember my mom goes, well, I, did, I remember her saying this to me. She goes, you know, The Fugitive is a remake, right? Of a 1960s uh, TV yeah, show. I was, TV I, was like, show. I was saying to myself, Mom, I wasn't even born. <laughs> Are we having this yeah. conversation? But I remember all the backlash where people go, not my fugitive. I'm like, okay, well, good for you. But right. it seems like to me, I just blocked out some stuff as a kid because I did all I remember was I did not kill my wife, and that's not my problem. That's all right. I remember. I don't remember anything else <laughs> other than that. But what about for you? What's your nostalgia like as far as this movie goes? 
<clears throat> man, so this goes all the way back to when I was young. I still remember like going over to my aunt's house and my cousin sitting down and watching this movie and me being creeped out from the very beginning when his wife is getting killed because it turned it's like mm-hmm. a black and white sequence and just the way it's shot, it looks like a true crime story, right? And I just always right. found that to be like super trippy as a kid. I'm like, what in the world are y'all watching? And then as the story went on, I was like, oh, this is cool because I was already a Harrison Ford fan. And then, you know, I didn't really understand at the time because I was too young. But the more and more I went back to this movie, I'm like, man, it is so good from the storyline to just everything that's happening, just well told. And I'm like, this is like my favorite cat and mouse movie. Like there was there wasn't anything in the 90s like hidden on this. And you're just trying to figure out like what makes this movie so special? Is it the director? Is it the screenwriter? Is it the actor? I think it's the actors, but everybody did their job. But the actors mm-hmm. are just so on point. Like everybody. I agree. And this is actually Tommy Lee. And now I know that Tommy Lee Jones has played in other movies and stuff like that. And also The Client was also another movie, I think. I love The Client. Oh, yeah. The Client is another fantastic movie. I think that happened about two years after this, I think. It was in 95. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just crazy to think that because of this role, this is where everybody knows him from. You know? Yeah. Um, But yeah, if you think about it like this, Dr. Richard Kimball is a prominent Chicago vascular surgeon. He arrives home one night to find his wife, Helen, fatally wounded by a one-armed man. Kimball struggles with the killer. After that, that and arms his uh, prosthetic arm, but the assailant escapes. The lack of evidence of a break-in, his, break-in his, his being the manufacturer of Helen's lucrative life insurance. So that's scene one. My thing was this, okay? So the setup of... Of this of the very beginning is us caring about Dr. Kimball and his wife and how much they're in love. And when he gets the call back to go in for work, his wife actually, you know what? I think his wife deserves a gold medal for this because no wife is going to go in ahead and wait for her husband to come home from a call. Yeah. And have a champagne ready uh, on ice and rose petals everywhere. Uh, her nightgown on the on the rail, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, that, that wife, my, my wife would be uh, out. As a matter of fact, whenever I'm doing like a nine o'clock podcast, she's like, "Look, don't get mad at me. I'm gonna be in bed and everything." You know, Mark Kimball's wife, she's up to to serve. You know what I mean? Man, she she was the real MVP, man. I was like, "Is it y'all's anniversary? Is it Valentine? What is going on here? She just holding it down like that?" Okay, exactly. She was in the mood for the uh, MD. Yeah, right. But but what do you think? I thought that the opening thing actually makes us care about the involvement between him and his wife. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And just that little stuff alone makes us care enough to be like, okay, this guy loves his wife. These people are in love together. There's no way that he would go ahead and kill his wife. The guy got called into work and everything to perform surgery on somebody. And what makes you think he has time to uh, go ahead, perform surgery, and then go home to kill his wife afterwards? You know what I mean? Like, why, why would he plot that? Come on now. Exactly. Come on. And so, he already makes a lot of money. They tried to throw it in this way where, oh, she's got insurance. She's got this insurance policy, right? Oh, she's wealthier than you, right? She comes from money. Dude, come on. This is a surgeon. He's got his money. You know, like, don't even try that game. Exactly. And not only that, but I felt like these cops were basically, they didn't care about the paperwork. They're like, you know what? We got our guy. That's it. it we found DNA underneath his fingernails and everything. We're ready to go. Got our guy. Boom. 
John, let's talk about the 911 call, though. That's yeah. always blown my mind when she did the <laughs> Richard. <laughs> she says Richard, Richard. And, you know, like they they use that because his name came up, like on the 911 call. But come on now, her skull was bashed at the same time. Oh, yeah. Bro. Right. I mean, and then you also have the killer standing <clears throat> over her, smashing her head in with a globe, some type of snow globe or something. Yeah. Yeah. And Kimball's over there calling for his wife. And basically, she's saying, Kimball, get over here. I'm in trouble. Yes. yes. And nobody ever thought of that. Well, you know, the guy just performed surgery. He's got he's got his champagne on ice. He's about to go get him mm-hmm. some. Mm-hmm. And you can even look around the apartment. He, she was in the mood to actually lay down the law on him. Right. And then this happened. Those Those police officers did not do their job the way that they're supposed to be doing their job. Right. And and like I said, this was one of those things where they didn't want to deal with the paperwork. They figured, okay, well, you know what? We got our guy and that's it. And like you said, in the misunderstanding 911 call results in the uh, conviction of first degree murder and a death sentence because of it. On his way way to death row on on board a bus, his fellow uh, prisoners attempt to escape. The pandemic results in a number of dead and wounded. Causing the bus to fall down a ranc- uh, rancid ravine and into the path of an oncoming train, Kimball escapes the destructive collision and flees the scene in the nick of time. Now, okay, before we get into that scene, which is in- iconic in itself, yeah, you see the interrogation of what they're putting him through. And I remember hearing about this, okay? I don't know if you heard about this, but that was like total improv. Harrison Ford didn't even know what kind of questions that those actors were going to ask. Yeah, I heard about that, so, yeah. <laughs> so his reaction is totally justified because of the fact of how they're asking him those questions. Oh, yeah. I, but my first thing was this. I'm like, okay, you had money here. Why didn't you call a lawyer? Why didn't you lawyer up? You're answering questions that you have no business answering. Oh, they're man, just going to... And they're already t- basically saying that you're the killer without saying that you're the killer. Exactly. So, he's, he set so himself up on every single question, especially when they started asking about the insurance policy. And he's like, yes. And I'm like, bro, come on. You know what they're doing. Like, stop. Stop talking. Right. Especially when he says, well, I'm the beneficiary. I was like, dude, shut up. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> <laughs> the sole beneficiary. Oh, come on, dude. Right. Exactly. This is like having Peter Parker from uh, in Ned inside the interrogation room. <laughs> exactly. And Ned is just saying too much information. Yeah. But, man. Oh, but man. I'm like, dude, just shut up. And then you actually have the Pepper Farm guy who's supposed to be his lawyer. Yeah. And, and he doesn't even do anything. He just sits there and let the judge sit there. Yeah. And he's just a lousy lawyer. I would have fired him right there on the spot. It's like, like you know what's, what, what's the defense? What's the defense? You're not going to say, okay, it's over. All right. I, all right. Lethal injection. Okay, well, all right. well, Kimball, <laughs> you know what? It's been nice knowing you. You're going to get shot with a lethal injection. Have a nice ride up there. And uh, we'll catch you guys on the next one. <laughs> but that's the way I've seen it. But I'm like, yeah. dude. So Kimball was actually the result of his own dismay whenever you think about the whole entire interrogation. Because, yeah, he didn't play that right at all. But also, too, I like how Harrison Ford's choice to have the beard, it fits in with his character to where nobody knows what he looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Unshaved or anything. Yeah. 
but he's able to move from place to place without being noticed. His lawyer should be fired, especially when he's a doctor. It seemed like he would have had a line, uh, a line of lawyers waiting at the door since he's actually rich. For sure, for sure, definitely. So that was like a little small nitpick thing. I'm like, okay, dude, you're rich, you're a doctor. Yeah, yeah, that's that's something I always thought about too, man. That's I don't know if you blame that on the '90s or what. I don't know. Either that or his, the other doctors, were, the other lawyers were just sleeping and was like, you know what? We'll just get the pepper farm guy. Yeah, and, right. uh, <laughs> Best value lawyer out there and just let him do it. Oh, but, but yeah, but okay, let's talk about this, okay? Let's talk about that escape on the bus because Ooh, I thought iconic. that, yes, hmm. I'll let you go on here and break that down. Man, so you know what's funny? <clears throat> so I'm also a fan of the movie. Um, Spy Hard, uh, Me too. Uh, Leslie Nielsen, and you know they definitely parodied this too. Uh, and it's I always think about the bus scene in that movie and how it just the bus is just bouncing around as it falls. But no, this is so iconic, man. Because first of all, that the the, the dude that was planning this from the beginning when he was coughing up everything and he stabs that officer, I was like, oh, it's on and popping. And it's like, what do you do in this moment as a prisoner, right? Like, this is like your chance. Somebody's making a move. Do you kind of gauge the scene or do you just like act with it? Because everybody's got to be in total alliance. Like, all right, all right we're going to take down these guards. And then when the guard had a shotgun and shot dude, I was like, ooh, wee. It was a pretty intense scene. Definitely one of the best action scenes in the movie. Um, but yeah, dude, that shout out to that black dude. I think it's Copeland or. Yeah, Copeland. His name. Copeland. Hey, man. He was tough. <laughs> he was he was tough as nails, like for real. He, the dude gives him a nail, gives Copeland the nod. He's like, "Okay, you're about to do something. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I got yeah. you. You yeah. know what? I'm in this with you. I'm in this with you. I don't know about this other dude that has a beard or anything, but you know, screw him." <laughs> and so then you also had the other guard who's like, "Hey, man, this guy's over there foaming at the mouth. What are we gonna do?" And he goes, sit your ass down. We're almost there. So even if the guy was going to die, you were going to let the guy just die. But I thought also, too, maybe because of the many years of experience that he has in this, yeah. that he knows that the guy might be faking. So why right. risk it when he's only 42 minutes away from the destination that he's supposed to be at? So if it's an emergency and everything, he just dies. But if it's not, then in that case, you have nothing to worry about. Damn, man. Risking risking lives like that, man. Prisoners, they don't care. They don't care. No, Flipping coins over there. <laughs> and do you think he's dead? Uh, I don't know. Let's see. Let's flip a coin. Heads, he's alive. <laughs> Tails, he's dead. Okay. Well, Bob, guess what? It's coffee break time. It landed on Tails. Okay, good. Let's go. <laughs> but, Basically. <laughs> yeah. But I like how um you have Kimball. He's like, hey. And I like how he just has that docker instinct in him. Hey, there's this guy foaming at the mouth. You need to do something. You need help. And so next thing you know, the guy winds up coming out over there, trying to unlock the door. That's when, of course, he winds up, uh, because of the collision and everything with the shotgun, he winds up uh, basically being unconscious. After yeah. That. yeah. And then you have that one scene where it flips over into the vein, but then all of a sudden it jumps into another scene. All of a sudden they're on railroad tracks. Yeah. I'm like, wait. So where was the tree at that they hit? <laughs> oh man, John coming from my movie, man. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> nah, man. Nah. I'm not taking anything away, yeah. but I just thought it was actually no, funny. They, they, like... Like, yeah, they just end up on the tracks. 
got to add a little a little suspense to it, you know. <laughs> yeah, I thought that the scene actually holds up though in a sense despite that one little small thing. Yeah. But I just thought that the that scene where Kimball just jumps out and jumps off the track and of course it's shot in a blue screen and everything, but yeah, still yeah. they couldn't do anything with um tiny models or anything like that either. Otherwise it wouldn't have been iconic in my opinion. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And, and of also course, too, you know, they had to have that 90s last minute jump before an explosion or a collision or anything. It's just, get out of there, squeeze out, Ugh, get out of there. Exactly. No, that was pretty cool, though. Shout out to the, hey, there were some really good practical effects in this movie, though. Most definitely. But did you know that scene only cost, that scene cost them $1 million? That's crazy. And 11 cameras was actually used for that scene. Wow. But get this, the crash destroyed three of the 11 cameras. So they, so, <laughs> so yeah. So they really had eight cameras there. <laughs> right, exactly. But I just thought that, you know, that would have been cool to see the different types of camera angles within the movie itself to see how it lands like that. Yeah. But just how they had the base front angle of Paris and Ford jumping off the track is really good. Then, of course, you also have where Copeland goes, when are you, they escape. In the woods, Copeland goes, look, after I free you, you go your way, I go my way, and there's no, and you don't follow me. I'm like, what makes you think he wants to follow you? <laughs> <laughs> like, brother, I ain't trying to follow you because you're going to be the first one to get caught before me. Trust me. Right. It's like, look, I got shit to do. Like, I got to <laughs> figure out who killed my wife. I'm not worried about what you did. I'm not worried about you at all, man. Keep going. Exactly, but I like how <laughs> they let him go off on his own, and then we get him later on to make him seem yeah. like a little bit of a B-roll movie, as if to say, yeah. "Okay, this is what's going on with Copeland's life," and then pretty yeah. soon his life's over with. But we'll get to that in a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's very but then US after that, like yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah. Then after that, we actually have Deputy U.S. Marshal Samuel uh, Samuel Gerard and his colleagues. Uh, Renfro, Renfro, Biggs, Newman, and Poole arrive at the crash site and formulate a search plan to apprehend the escaped convicts. Kimball sneaks into a hospital to treat his wounds and alter his appearance. You know, I like how they go up to the cops and the co- and the, that one cop with the shotgun, he's acting like he's the hero. Just, yeah. Just, yeah, I just pulled out my partner out of the train and everything. <laughs> and, you know, it's just something that I do because I'm a cop. Well, what about the prisoners? Yeah. Oh, I think the prisoners died up inside the train. There they uh-huh. I got my partner out. Then here comes Tommy Lee Jones. Really? Okay. Well, <laughs> look what right. I got here. <laughs> <laughs> I got ankle shackles without any ankles in them. Uh, so what's going on with that? You care to rebuttal your statement, son? <laughs> <laughs> so you might go ahead and spit out the truth now, man. All right, one might have got away. <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't mention two got away, but one got away. Right, right. <laughs> but I, and I like how these are small-time cops where they just, you can tell that they just don't care. They're just small-timing. Oh, the point sure. where it's Where it's like, okay, well, I don't feel like dealing with the paperwork or anything, so whatever happens, happens. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, Bob, yeah. Uh, did How many people escaped? I think one. Okay, that sounds good. We'll write that down. <laughs> yeah, okay, we'll go in here and write that down, too. Hey, Everything we, we, we said is actually 100% accurate. We're wiping <laughs> right. our hands of this. Look, this is not our problem anymore. Y'all give that to the marshals, all right? 
Like, <laughs> I like how Tommy Lee Jones goes, well, since she, uh, do you mind us taking control of this situation now, now that um, we got this cleared out? So he goes, here, have at it. And pans up the whole entire file and everything. And then that's whenever it goes on this wild goose chase for Kimball. Yep. But what did you think of that scene alone with Tommy Lee Jones being introduced as the U.S. Marshal for the very Man. first time? And then you got Joey Pan coming in uh, as well. Automatic, Automatically coming in with the comedy, too. Um, just him. He just always cracks me up. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones, man, just a dominating character on screen. I mean, he completely chews up the screen, knows exactly what he set out to do, knows his mission, will step over you and let you know this is going to be my case now. So I I really like the way he was introduced in that. That was good. Me too. And it's all about, you know, having maintaining control because U.S. Marshals have jurisdiction over regular sheriffs anyway. Yep. Yep. So therefore, they already knew their investigation shut down as soon as the U.S. Marshals come over there. Yep. So I like how he goes. Well, Wild Orp is going to go on ahead and take take the uh, take the scene over now. Yeah. So uh, hey, I've never seen Tommy Lee Jones miss, man. Never seen him miss. He's good. Either he just comes in there like something from the Wild Wild West, and it just (laughs) just takes over a scene. Something electrifying. It's hard to believe that him and Bill Clinton used to be college roommates. Really? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's wild. It really is. And they smoked um, a lot together, I'm sure. I'm sure they did. And uh, <laughs> but for some reason, I see Tommy Lee as the one who is the one who's not partying and actually trying to work while Bill is over there trying to get, get his. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Playing the saxophone to some girl. Right. <laughs> hey, Bill, can you turn that down? I'm trying to right. study. Hey, Tommy, I got you like three girls over here. <laughs> Look, Bill, I'm trying to study from, to be an actor. <laughs> but yeah, um, but yeah, I thought the U.S. Marshals cast is great. Tommy Lee Jones, oh, sure. Joe uh, Pelotino as Cosmo, Rifno, L.S. Uh, Scott, and all that. I thought they were really good. And then you have Caldwell um, as uh, Pool, 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 Pool. My bad. Yes, Pool. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. But yeah, man, I thought the casting so for this was fantastic. Man, so good, man, so good. Cosmo's hilarious, man. But, okay, so when he sneaks into the hospital to treat his wounds and alter his appearance, this makes me crack up every single time I see this. Because <laughs> of the fact that he comes into the thing, all of a sudden he's, he gets the hair dye, he's, he's cleaning his wounds, actually. Yeah. And then there comes this nurse. And mm-hmm. so the nurse goes, oh, you're a little thirsty today, talking to the patient. Okay, mm-hmm. I'll go in here and fill this up. And well, what does uh, Kimball do? He hides behind the door. Yeah. And I'm thinking she's going to look behind the door, but no, not right. Right. She goes on ahead, she fills it up, and then walks away. And I'm thinking and she also left the guide some nice eggs, <laughs> toast. She did this person up. And then I'm like, wait, you forgot to feed your patient. That's a- <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this patient doesn't look like he can eat by himself. <laughs> right? Because I-, I work in a hospital. So I'm thinking to myself, right. you know, this dude can't, he has a collar around his neck. You know, like, <laughs> like I'm not going to lie to you. When I got older and I saw that scene, I'm like, okay, this is clearly just set up so my dude could eat some food, you know? <laughs> right, exactly. And then Kimball okay. goes on ahead, takes his food. He's clean shaven now. 
And I like the scene where basically he go, he's walking out of the hospital. He has, has his little doctor thing on around his neck. Yeah. And then the cop just looks at him and goes, hey, doc. Yeah. Have you seen this? Have you seen a guy that's about six foot tall, brown eyes, and weighs 140 something? <laughs> Every day I look in the mirror. Okay. <laughs> have a good one, doc. Got, got to hit you up. with the classic 90s one-liner, man. Got to. <laughs> and then he goes, hey, Doc. You know, at that point, I thought he was actually going to be caught. He goes, your fly's open. He goes, oh, That's what, okay. <laughs> every time I look in the mirror, pal, except the beard, of course. Like, yeah, right. dude. It's, uh, <laughs> but that I is think a classic 90s moment for sure. Yeah. Most definitely. But I think that the beard is perfect. Because of the fact that you know the producers actually wanted him to be clean shaven, they didn't want him to have the beard. Harrison Ford overruled what? them. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, but I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with, I'm gonna stick with it's the actors that's the success of this movie. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> After hearing because that, yeah. <laughs> the way I see it is this: Kimball couldn't have done the things he did without shaving that beard, and he's like a chameleon, sure. especially when he goes on hand dyes hair, dyes his hair twice in the movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I think that is one of the fantastic things with Harrison Ford was how much of a chameleon he was with trying to hide from the police and do all this, you know? 100%, man. So after that winds up happening, he eludes the authorities and makes a getaway. Kimball is eventually uh, cornered by Gerard in the leading edge of a storm drain blowing into a dam. Kimball leaps from the vegetated into the raging water, narrowly survives and escapes. But also, too, I wanted to point this out. If it wasn't for the cop on the stretcher that Kimball uh, that he that he saved, he's he's a remember, snitch. He's, Straight up yep. snitch. That man saved your life, bro. Oh man, I, I have no respect for him at all. No respect. Yeah. Screw that guy, man. The, but to get this though, Kimball saved his life not once but twice. Twice, you know what I'm saying? Like what? Because he goes, oh, he actually tells them what to look for and what artery to go into just Dude. by looking at him. It's like, okay, thanks, Doc, not a problem. And I like how right. the parents says, how did you know just by looking at it? And so he saved this dude twice, and he's still snitched. Sometimes you gotta let bygones be bygones, man. Like, what's wrong with you, man? Come on. <laughs> that but if he was a killer killers wouldn't have gone through all that trouble to try and save exactly thank you thank you that that's it right there that's the nail on the head right there that's they're like oh he's such a nice killer he he helped save my life right <laughs> but you know but oh, I so the storm drain whenever you finally get to it where you know Kimball winds up having the ambulance and he takes it under the tunnel and the force Tommy Lee Jones is on helicopter well yep. and and the helicopter is like right where the tunnel is and that's right Tommy Lee Jones is right behind him in the other car and yep. you know you're like oh shit they actually caught him then you yeah. see him going into the storm drain I'm like oh so this is what you're gonna do Campbell <laughs> <laughs> I, I tell you right now I don't know about that man that, that's a desperate situation to get in the sewer I'll tell you that going to drain that's, right? that's ooh. You and really even Joe answer. Pants is like, man, I just bought these shoes. That's what... <laughs> <laughs> you got to A, man. I, Tommy had no hesitation, though. Straight up, like, I'm going, all right. Huh. You know, like, he's smart for catching that, too. Because obviously, he, like, just he didn't vanish out of thin air. So he's like, oh, here we go. 
He's just so on point. I, he's just smart. Just so quick with it. Just immediately has to be the sewer. Bam, go in there. Right. I like the way he lifts it up with his uh, foot to see if it's yeah. actually loose to go down. Yeah. Like, oh, he's down here. Okay. Yep. So smart, he man. goes down there, and then I like how uh, basically you have Kimball trying to ease his way into the sewer without trying to make any noise, which is actually yeah. a hard thing to do. Yes. And goes down there he actually does like an indiana jones thing basically he winds up <laughs> taking some wires and just trying yeah. to slowly move his yeah. way down into the sewer without trying to bang into anything but he winds up banging into part of the pipe in the sewer yep. yep. echoes and that's how tommy lee jones said he knows that he's down there yeah exactly that's not very indie like no he's very clumsy <laughs> <laughs> But I like how he goes in there and then he fools him, fools uh, Tommy Lee Jones' character, Rod, and he's behind him. Mm. No, uh, no, not behind him. Back. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones was behind uh, Kimball. Yeah. So he winds up saying, he looks at him and goes, I didn't kill my wife. He goes, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> You know they were actually going to put down I just don't care. <laughs> They're going to say I just don't care. Yeah. Well, thank you Tommy for saying it the right way. That's right, right because I think that would have been too much. I think less is uh more than than for anything, sure. you know. Let's try that real quick. I just don't care. No, I don't Hold have on, how about this? I'm Kimball. You be you be Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't kill my wife. I just don't care. No, no, doesn't work. No, doesn't no, work. it doesn't flow right. <laughs> Acting class you, 101. Um, That's what <laughs> actors, sometimes you must change the lines. <laughs> exactly. But I'm glad that they overruled him on that part. Did you know also, too, I don't want to get off center here, but um, I did a lot of deep diving into this. But see. okay, Harrison Ford told them that he didn't want to die by a lethal injection. It would be actually better for him to be having like in jail instead. Oh, snap. I'm like, no. I think that you're better off at keeping it with a lethal injection because it gives you a chance of survival. For sure, yeah. yeah. You know, it gives you huh. more of an ump to actually find the killer versus it being life in prison. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. Okay. Because your life is on the line. So, of course, you're going to want to try and find your killer. If you do it the yeah. other way, it just doesn't land well. It, it, exactly. I agree. Well, that's interesting. So, but he says, I just don't care. Kimball winds up going all the way towards the end of the dam and he winds up jumping. Man, that's a, I'll tell you what, when you make that decision, you pretty much are making a decision to end it. You know, like whatever happens, happens at this point. If I make it, I make it. If I don't, I don't. That's that's what that means to me, you know, because you'd rather see if you make it that way than to, you know, get arrested again and then, you know, end up in the same situation or worse. So we say screw it. That jump was clean, too. Yeah, it was. And, <laughs> and you know, I like how we go, how it's like this, though. Basically, if you think about it, though, it's like, well, if I'm going to die in prison, I might as well die over here trying to prove that I'm innocent. Exactly. That's I got better chances that way. If I'm in that cell, I got no chances. So, you know, I then after that, you wind up having this other thing that happens where, um, 
Kimball returns to Chicago to hunt for the murderer and acquires some money from his friend and colleagues, Dr. Charles Nichols. Posing as a janitor, Kimball enters Cook County Hospital's uh, prosthetic department to obtain a list of people who had their prosthetic arm repaired shortly after his wife's murder. Following a police lead confirming Kimball's recent whereabouts, Harrod speculates that Kimball must be looking for the one-armed man. I guess you can say he was armed and dangerous. But anyway. But <laughs> uh, what did you think of the initial thing with that, with this scene? Man, so I, I like leading into that, man. Um, I like the whole planet as a janitor. I believe this is around the same time frame where he saves he saves that boy, right? Right. This is up. actually where the the uh, the kid is over there hyperventilating or he can't breathe. And this yeah. is also what gives Kimball a giveaway of, oh, because he signs the paperwork and everything. <laughs> I'm like, I, I get the fact that you're a doctor and you have to put your signature down bro, on it. Bro, hold on, man. When that scene, when I think about it, I'm like, did this man really put his signature down? Like, he really put, because he really does sign it. I'm like, this man put, oh, man, okay. All right. What I think was this. Your friend is working that ER, right? So I would have actually put her name down before mine. For sure. You know, and it also shows the incompetence of that staff, though, too, because I know that they're busy and everything, but at the same time, you have have her working in that ER. Yes. Yes. Oh, shout out to to the janitor to move the body. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, right. That's. that's I'm like, all right, this, this hospital a little ghetto, man. Y'all, y'all got some work to do. It's, it's too busy in there. I don't know. That's like, I'm not here in Houston, that man. Busy. That's probably like Ben Tom, man. That's, that's the <laughs> hospital like where you have no insurance, I guess. But either way, it's like, bro, that there's too much going on, man. That, that's not, you do not give that to the jet. Hey, you, can you help out real quick? Yeah, take them upstairs. What the hell? No. This is the zombie apocalypse hospital. <laughs> 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 it's like the walking yeah, dead. Like, Man, dude, that's not where you want to be. And they over yeah. here making mistakes too, and he correcting the mistakes. That's how you know you don't want to be in that hospital. Exactly. Come on now, like, <laughs> but that's just to show you how dedicated he is. He's dedicated to finding his wife's murder, but also saving lives at the same time. Saving lives at the same time, bro. Yes. But you need a man like Kimball. He's trustworthy. He's married. He loves his wife, and. Saves lives at the same time as trying to run for the law. You couldn't ask for a better. He, he need he needed a day in the city of Chicago. After at the end of the movie, they needed to give him a proclamation and say, "You you earned a day because we went through <laughs> your track record and you've been saving people as you've been on the run, proving your innocence. You deserve a proclamation." Exactly, but okay. So I like how he traces it down for the one armed man though, where he's like, "Okay, prosthetic arm." And he's like, okay. So it's, then he goes on ahead, does the computer again, tracks it down to only five people within the city. He's like, okay, this is where I need to be. And also, too, whenever he looks at Nichols, Nichols winds up saying, it's been a year. Yeah. Then yeah. last, what, what are you do, doing back in Chicago? Yeah. And it doesn't even feel like it's been a year, to be honest with you. It only feels like a couple of days since he got sentenced. It, it doesn't even yeah, that's, uh, they've actually done it that way so is that uh is you call it, is that a plot hole or or do you think it just the movie See, moves like it's been some days so it just is interesting right it feels like it's just been some days but that's just like one little small thing i have against it but that's yeah. just like a small negative when you look at harrison ford you look at tommy lee jones you look at the plot yeah. you look at kimball you look at all this stuff 
and yeah. it outmeasures that one negative. Yeah, and you, it's yeah. a great cohesive movie. That's a good catch too, because I forgot about that, and, and then you mentioned it. I said, "Dang, he did say that." That's wild. But yeah, they don't really tell us how long that he has at the Polish Polish safe house either. That's also another thing too. Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. But hmm. there's a little small things here and there that I noticed, but still yeah. a great film. But I like how Nichols is actually taken back by the fact that he's there after a year trying to figure out who. And then, of course, you know, Gerard's over there interviewing every one of his colleagues. So would you help Kimball if he asked you? Yeah. Would you tell us? No. (laughs) You know, I'm going to. Yeah. When we as you progress, I I have some questions for you on how you feel about Nichols and how he handled the situation overall. Okay. Uh, right now, or do you want to talk about that? Like whenever we find out more. Actually, yeah, whenever we find out more for the people who haven't seen it, we'll yeah. get to it. We'll get to that. Just, but yeah, don't let later. Me forget. Don't let me forget. No, I yeah. won't because I'm because <laughs> I'll tell you what I think about it because you know I, I'll just let you know. We'll get there. We'll okay. There. <laughs> <laughs> but no, later Kimball breaks into the residence of one of the people on the list, a former police officer named. Frederick Sykes. Not only does Kimball confirm that Sykes is the murderer, but he also discovers that Sykes is employed by a pharmaceutical company, Devlin McGregor, which is a scheduled to release a new drug called uh, Prozaflin. Kimball mm-hmm. had investigated the drug in the past and revealed that it caused liver damage, which would have prevent, uh, prevented it from being approved by the FDA. He also deduce, uh, deduces that Nichols who is leading the drugs development, arrange a cover-up and order Sykes to kill him, him, his wife's death, and and uh, and you know, making it look like an accident. Mm-hmm. But okay, so I thought the initial setup for this was really good, where now you actually know that this is the guy, this is the one-armed man, this is the person that set Kimball up the whole time, and it was him and you know his friend. That did this. Somebody he trusted. An ex-cop. And yeah, your friend that you trusted. Man, this is crazy. Oh, yeah. My thing is this. Was there anybody else that could have done this job besides him that would give a, like, a dead giveaway that it was, like, the one arm? He has, like, a prosthetic arm. Right. I just want to know. (laughs) Phone call. Hey, look, man. I have a job for you. I don't, Kimball, I want to get this thing approved. Uh, by the FCC and stuff like not the FCC but FDA I want to make sure this is actually approved can you go on ahead and do this yeah man I don't have anything else going on I'm just at a poker game right now I'll go you, call your, one, you, call, you call your one arm friend at everybody <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he's going to be armed and dangerous and you know that he'll he can actually take care of a good arm <laughs> I mean the only <laughs> the only reason why I think he called him is because he was an officer at the time maybe I'm assuming. Yeah, and he has a hand in it <clears throat> as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah that, that's understandable, though, because of yeah. the fact that he does have his hand in this whole entire thing where he can actually change things around that's, if he needs to. And of course, you have that giant swordfish yes. up in Florida, down in yep. Florida that they went on a hand cut. Yep. Yep. But nice. I like how smart this is, though, with the DNA changing and stuff like that, with the scientific scientific thing that makes us actually feel like Kimball is at, that Harrison Ford's actually a doctor. So, yeah. you know, I like that whole entire thing of you have characterization within the character where we can care about that. Yes. 
Yes. And that's, I'll hit on that point too. Like, this is an interesting movie because the characterization is so well done that both sides you're rooting for them at the same time. Like, of course you don't want Harrison to get caught, but you're just, you're, you also like Tommy Lee Jones' character so much as well because you're like, man, I hope he gets something out of something, right? I don't want him to get Harrison, but I want him to win still, you know? So it's really cool that how the hunter and the hunted is both respected by you as the viewer. Right, because we actually get to see the hunter hunting Kimball just as Kimball is leaving somewhere yes. and everything too. And it makes you more frightful for Kimball and you're wondering if Kimball's actually sitting him up. They follow him though too. Because that was right. in my mind whenever I seen it. But yeah, um, you know, I, I really have to say, you asked me about the whole Nichols thing. Yeah. As soon as I seen the look on his face of him being surprised, not being surprised that his friend's been gone for a year, but for the fact that, wait, what are you doing out of prison after a year? <laughs> and and I thought I framed you. What are you? That's the that's the look that I got. From him. Yeah, yeah. He, he sure what did try to play that? it off smooth, though. He tr- he definitely tried to play it off smooth. Um, yeah, Kimball, whatever you want. Do you want me to give you a couple of three five hundred dollars here? I'll, I'll yeah. get you. Let's go to the ATM, man. I'm sorry for <laughs> killing your wife, by the way. Hey, uh, <laughs> I guess my question to you is: so he protected Kimball in a way. So why 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 do you think he did not just immediately give him away when he was approached by the uh, marshals to kind I was of thinking, like save himself, maybe? Well, I was thinking that that would actually rat himself out. By yeah. That, that's the first thing. I'll be writing his own self out because it's like, okay, then why did you help him if you knew he was the killer? Right. Yeah. yeah. So that was my first initial thought was like, you're writing your own self out. And yeah. were you surprised by the fact that he was back? And that would be another question. And basically he would have to act like he was surprised. Yeah. Yeah. So, he also said know, something interesting. He said, um, they, I think they asked him, is he smarter than you? He said, absolutely, yes. And he, I think he told them he's smarter than all of them. He's like, you'll never find him. You'll right. never find him. He's, he's smarter than everybody. <laughs> I love that line, though. He is, you're smarter than everybody. And this also show, goes to show you when he visits the other convict and everything of how much of a one step ahead that he is of Gerard. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He visits the one-armed man, the other guy up in the jail cell. And I don't know what this guy was doing, maybe eating hamburgers or something, just chilling in the jail cell. I mean, the poor guy just wants somebody to talk to. Just, so you've already got me out here now. I might as well talk, entertain me. Come on, man, just talk to me. Come on, I just yeah. want to be friends. Right. <laughs> I got nothing else to do all day. Right. Poor guy. But then, you know, as he's going down one side, then you have Tommy Lee Jones going down the other part. Um, the, and, he, and he takes one look behind him. He goes, Kimball? I wouldn't have even looked at him. I'm like, peace. Dude, that's when I was like, oh, oh, you should just kept going. But I was like, I, I get It's one of those natural reactions, I guess. But you could tell Kimball thought about it, though. You could tell he thought about right. it. Should I turn around? Let me just see what it is. Oh, yeah. But that happens yeah. a little bit later. But Gerard follows Kimball's lead to Sykes' home, whose existence was known to Chicago by Chicago Department, but withheld from the uh, defense and after re- realizing that Sykes is lying, he draws the same conclusion after looking into the files in the case again by continuing to follow Kimball's lead. As Kimball takes an ele- elevated train to confront Nichols at the drugs 
uh, pre presentation in a hotel, Sykes appears and attacks him. In the in the ensuing struggle, Sykes shoots a transit cop before being subdued. He handcuffed and knocked out a, to a pole by Kimball. Hmm. So I thought this scene was really, really well done. As far as oh, sons man. go, and, and then of course you also have this one guy look, reading the newspaper. I'm like, oh, is he gonna identify him? Is he gonna identify him? And then he takes the paper, he folds it, and he looks at the front of it. He's like, bye. Yeah. <laughs> <Tell the laughs> <cop. laughs> yeah. No, that was that was funny, man. That was funny. Because it, it, that whole scene was funny how that played out because he's just, they're just staring at, Kimball is staring at that guy. <laughs> the guy looks at him, stares at him. It's like, oh, man. Yeah, that was, that was cool, man. Yeah. But yeah, he knocks him out, and of course he handcuffs him and leaves him there on the train. And then yeah. my wife's looking at me. Matter of fact, she commented. Uh, she said I had not seen this movie in forever. But yeah, oh. um, she. But yeah, she looked at me. She's like, "Did he kill him?" I said, "No, he knocked him out. Because if he killed him, there wouldn't be any proof as to his innocence. So it would be right. more beneficial right. for him to keep him alive than to kill him." Mm-hmm. Yep, handcuffed him. Yep. Yes, sir. Hand, handcuffed him and then uh, hit his head up against the sliding doors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was a really good uh, fight scene. Yeah, that was a good fight scene. Yeah. Feel, feels realistic, too, because that's another thing. The fight choreography that happens in this, it feels real like you would imagine they would fight that way, right? Exactly. And that's why, yeah. that's why I thought that scene was intense. This is why I felt like this was like the best thing out of the fugitive with the fight scenes itself. There's not a yeah. lot, but whenever it's there, it, it's yeah. hands down probably a great core. The choreography with this is yeah. fantastic. For sure. Yeah. And it feels realistic too. I, I like that a lot. It really does. But yeah, Kimball arrives at the uh, Pharmacon conference and interrupts Nichols' speech, accusing him of falsifying his medical research and uh, orchestrating his wife's uh, coincident murder and the following murder of Lance. A few months later, a colleague who also worked in the investigation and also realized the, uh, the correctness of Kimball's investigation. So I like the seminar set up with this. But before that, we also have another thing, some other things that winds up happening. Two, number one, you actually have him hiding out in the safe house by this Polish family. <laughs> oh, and if anybody man. deserved to be hit in the face, it deserved the, the Polish kid deserved to be punched in the face. <laughs> Why you say that? <laughs> because he's the one who ratted him out just to save his own ass. I know. You have people that are ratting him out. I know. Just for ratting him out. I know. Yeah, that was because they, they arrested him. Like, yeah, yeah, you, you, you sold drugs to twelve year old girls, something like that. Yeah, he was a drug dealer, right? Yeah, right. He was a drug mm -hmm. dealer. Kimball looked out the window and and he thought it was for him, but no, it was the DEA <laughs> that was. It's like whoo, close uh, Right, yeah. exactly. And then, of course, I like how he first goes in there. He goes, and the Polish was this, you like this place? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no. Yeah. Very nice bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> so he gets a new uh, new place. And while that's happening, you actually have Copeland. This is actually the side story, the speed story. <laughs> if this was his own movie, this is how it would end. Be, right? Hey, baby, look. 
I have a great idea. We're going to go to Florida. We're going to pack our bags. Tomorrow, we're going to head out. And we don't even have to look at Chicago anymore. Right. We'll just hit the open road. Okay, baby. Not a problem. But we'll go in here. We'll pack our bags. We'll be fine. Then all of a sudden, here comes homeless uh, Tommy Lee Jones come busting on your door and shoots your ass. It <laughs> 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 ruins the whole entire trip. Man, hey, a very much a U.S. Marshals felt scene, man. And he did not hesitate with the gun either. No. It was this close. What right there's there. like a special Asian store where basically it's like, okay, so you know what? We have this long box and this trench coat. That's going to be for your shotgun. Here you go. <laughs> then, you know what? You know what? You're going to get what? You're going to be the homeless guy, Tommy, okay? Okay, God. <laughs> So you're going to get this, and you're going to be over here. Um, you're going to wind up ha- being a drug dealer, but we don't know why you're there, but you're going to have this on. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know that thing in the flat that has U.S. Marshals? Yeah, well, we're just going to go in and have this on top on you. And whenever it rips Man. off, it says U.S. Marshal, and yeah. you're just going to be there walking a baby. Man. <laughs> <laughs> that scene was gangster, though, man, how the way they it rolled was. up. I was like, okay. Okay, and then we had the box with the shotgun or whatever gun it was. What I was like, oh, yeah, it was man. a shotgun. <laughs> I was like, there we go. Heck yeah, they rolled and in. And I like how it's set up. It makes it look like that they were actually got the right place. It looks like Kimball's place. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, and then they go in there, and then I like how they have how Copeland has one of the agents hostage. <laughs> he just goes over there and just no cop would do this. Just goes around the corner. And just shoots him and then acts like nothing even happened. Man, I'll tell you what, this dude got hold twice. So that time, the way Tommy Lee Jones shoot, now my now my boy don't have hearing in that ear anymore. So he got messed over in the fugitive and he got messed over in US Marshals because they straight Robert Downey Jr. shot him and killed him. Remember that? Yeah, I do. I remember that. <laughs> dude, he got messed over twice. <laughs> but um but yeah, let's talk about this uh, this other thing that that happens with the conference and stuff. And also, too, you also have another thing that happens where he, where Kimball winds up calling Gerard, he, and he goes, and he winds up making go over to Coughlin's place though too. Uh-huh. Remember? Yeah. And he goes, now why would someone call not, call us and then leave this picture here? You know, I definitely like that. Yeah, for sure. No, that was that was smart. He's. He's always thinking ahead, man. Always leaving little clues for them. Yeah, and then um, he winds up leaving. Coughlin comes in, and he goes, "So, what's up with this swordfish? What's going on over here?" And then we, then after that, we actually have that call. Uh, I like how at first everybody's trying to be like Kimball. Everyone's trying to act like this is who they're talking to, but really it's not. And yeah. it's like, okay, put this one through, and. Because so in the sword, you said you didn't care. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then we also have that other iconic thing over outside the apartment, though, too, where it's like, I don't bargain. <laughs> Classic line, man. That's your thumbnail, ain't it? Is that the yep, thumbnail? That's my thumbnail. There that's... we go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. I love I... that. But yeah, I like I like the competition though at the conference. Man, I'll tell you what, Kimball still handled that with class. 
because I would have straight up blown the whole spot. He blew the spot up, but I would have blown up the spot even more. You know what I mean? Like, you switched the samples. You switched this. I would have just kept, you switched the samples. <laughs> I, I would have yeah, kept on saying that all the way up until the very front. Right. Like, you switched the samples. You switched the samples. You killed my wife. You right. Kaufman killed my wife. Bro, straight up, like, man. And I was watching this, okay? You know, whenever he finally gets to the front, he goes, Kimball, let's talk up front real quick. Yeah. I was watching this one table where this other couple is over there whispering to. Kim's like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I like how you can hear the crowd. Like, you can hear everybody in the room. Like, when he, uh, Nichols grabs his arm and he kind of moves it out the way, everybody's like, ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a sitcom show or something. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> like Huffman's gonna get it, Ooh. right? <laughs> but <laughs> but their reactions, like, their reactions, like when Kimball walks in the door, it's just oh, 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 because they're like, this dude is supposed to be locked up. Wait, this is here. He is like the the fugitive is in our conference. That's crazy, right? Yeah. Like you know what though, though, if you think about it, though, that reaction to the audience is just as how we react. Yeah. As well. On how, if we would have seen this in theaters, I'm sure everybody was like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that would be the same reaction, us reacting as the way the crowd reacts in the conference. Man, you gotta get a picture of Nichols' face, just his reaction when he sees him, like he sees a like he saw a ghost, man. That is that's classic. It definitely is. And then you know, I like how he goes, well, accusing him of falsifying the medical research and orchestrating his wife's uh, coincident murder. And the following murder of Lance a few months later, a colleague who also worked in the investigation and also realized the uh, correctness of Kimball's investigation. They begin to fight while being chased by the marshals and police. Kimball, Nichols, Ref and Redfro, Ref yeah. and Rod find themselves in the hotel's laundry room. Gerard calls out to Kimball and says that he is aware of the conspiracy fabricated by Nichols by disclosing to him that Nichols had at the files showed his car that night and the keys for his abuse for his house and that he called Sykes on his phone to inform that he had the keys. Mm -hmm. and this proves all his innocence. This also, I remember also too, whenever the U.S. Marshals go over and, and talk to the cops again. Yeah, and ask him all the same questions. Why? If why would he kill his wife if they were both rich? Right. And yeah. Allah, and because, and you can definitely tell that this police station is lazy. Or mm -hmm. They don't care. Right. And and then of course you also have the other chief, the police uh, detective, that wants to kill Kimball because if he kills Kimball, he doesn't have to get blamed for screwing up that investigation. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so man. I mean, dang, to, yeah. he's got the freaking helicopter out there shooting at him. I mean, come on, man. Exactly. So he was either hoping that the helicopter would either shoot him or Gerard would kill him. Yeah. I like how Gerard winds up telling him, hey, look, man, I get it. I really do. And he yeah. goes, I thought you, and you know, he's like, well, Harrison Ford winds up uh, sneaking up behind uh, Nichols and winds up hitting hitting him with the pipe, and they were both going ham on each other though <laughs> at the, in that laundry room. 
Their mm-hmm. faces were bruised up, blood everywhere. I mean, oh man, they they did some damage on each other, especially when they fell on the elevator down the elevator shaft. Like that was crazy. Yeah, and so I'm to be Harrison Ford Kimball winds up landing landing right on the top of the ele- elevator shaft, and then yeah. you also have Nichols who was on the bottom <laughs> and everything, and he winds up getting off the elevator. Yeah, you know. <laughs> And then that's whenever they have that fight between each other at the uh, laundry room. But yeah, they begin. Um, then Gerard calls out to Kimball and says that he is aware of the conspiracy. Oh, yeah, there we go. Um, and then the files show that his car. Okay, so that he could enter the house without a sign of a break-in. Hearing this, Nichols knocks out Renfro and takes his gun. Nichols then attempts to shoot Gerard, but Kimball attacks him from behind. Rendering his unconsciousness, Kimball surrenders to Gerard, who escorts him out of the hotel. Nichols and Sykes are arrested, while Kimball is escorted and driven away from the crime scene by Gerard. In the meantime, the press gathers at the scene and investigates the new revelations, putting the Chicago Police Department on on the defense on the way. Bro, at some point you have to ask, Nichols, what were you thinking? What were you thinking? You gonna try to kill the marshal? You're that desperate? Exactly, because if you kill a U.S. marshal, that does more time than anything. Even this is that's worse than killing a regular police officer. Dude, he was he was so desperate at that point. He just was like you. He was in straight up villain mode, straight up kill mode. I'm like, Dang. well, not only that, but whenever he ends up knocking out Inferno, though, too, he that's attempted murder. So you're gonna do oh, more time for, sure. for attempted murder now Definitely. than you are anything else. Definitely. Uh, but you know what, though, as a kid, I always thought that basically Tommy Lee Jones lets him go. Oh, okay, yeah, and stuff like that. I always had that illusion of like, okay, he's innocent, he's been proven innocent. Gerard said that he was innocent, but the dude is getting escorted out with handcuffs on, and then he takes off the handcuffs. I like that, though. I like that. I like that, too. And, and I like how he goes, I thought you said you didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> I like that touch. Yeah, I like how that circled back, man. And I like the way it ends that way. Just, Me too. just roll the credits at that point. We don't need anything, you know, showing a scene where he gets exonerated and all that. Just just show, just roll the credits. Roll the, roll the credits. I do too. I like that. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, well, is he getting... Now I was wondering, okay, so now they're gonna have to retrial him. This is me going through my oh, own imagination. <laughs> this is like me making like a side story <laughs> after that. I'm like, they're gonna have to do a retrial on him, and then they're gonna have to do a whole entire another investigation on Nichols on the other police captain, and then try to set Kimball free. Then I'm like, well, him, then they give him some charges for escaping. Right. <laughs> To prove his own innocence, which sucks. And I was also, did he go back to jail to die? <laughs> so I'm like, but still, you know, I thought this film still holds up today. I thought this is iconic. This is a great film. It's very quotable. Tommy Lee yeah. Jones is at his A game on this movie. So was Harrison Ford. Fantastic film. You know, I think that this is actually a great uh, thriller, great uh, movie on The Fugitive. I'm glad you liked it again, man, after a rewatch. That's good. I was a little worried because I was like, oh, I know, I know, it's kind of old, y'all, but you know, one does. No, like, okay, I'm an '80s kid, right? So, oh, I love the '80s. Okay, me too. Like, I'm, eight, I was born in '85, so okay. I was around whenever this movie came out. 
I never seen it in theaters or anything like that, but I knew about yeah. the One Armed Man. I knew about the spoof movies. I knew all about that stuff, right? Yeah. But I, as a kid, I had it on VHS, but I never really understood it. I was like, okay, my parents are watching this. Then, yeah. <laughs> you know, because I'm like, I want to watch Surf Ninjas. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> so then growing up, I just never went back to revisit it up until now. Where I can actually that's what I think. Yes, exactly. That that was my appreciation for it. So, like you said, when it came out initially, I didn't know. I mean, I didn't know what was happening on screen. I I knew I saw stuff and it looked cool, but I kept just going back to it over the years, and I was just like, "Oh, this is good. This is good." And then, as watching it as a full fledged adult, it's like, "Yes, I've confirmed. I love this movie. Yes." (laughs) Right, and of course, you know, it's very quotable, especially when. Jim Carrey quotes it on the cable guy goes, it wasn't me. It was the one-armed yeah. man. <laughs> but yeah. Man. Uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I remember that, man. That's awesome. Thanks, man. But yeah, um, that's pretty much everything as far as the fugitive goes. But my question is though, for you, like, do you have anything going on on your podcast or anything like that or anything that you want to share? Oh man, so yeah, I mean, we've recently we've we've taken a break uh, for a couple of weeks. We're going to be starting back in October. Uh, we actually have never really even taken a break before, so that's why we decided let's go ahead and take a break. Everybody's been busy. Get your work life going, uh, and then we're going to start back going into the beginning of October. And yes, we're going to be starting back up. Like I said, y'all definitely um, subscribe to us on Spotify, Anchor, Apple um, at Real for Real, and. Uh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to be cranking back up soon. And we'll have to get you on awesome. there, John, for sure. Appreciate yeah, I would, I would love to be on your show, to be honest with you. The vibe sure. that you have and the vibe that we have going and everything, I, I yeah. would definitely enjoy being on there. Yeah, man, definitely. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. Right, let's do it. Um, so tomorrow night, I'm going to be interviewing um, a producer and director for their short film, Dixieland. Dixieland stars Tony Todd. And aka Candyman, and let me just tell you this, the movie is fantastic, it only clocks in like 30 minutes, and there's a lot of detail within the movie itself, this was played at the Holy Shorts Film Festival this year, and it got some buzz, as a matter of fact, I actually interviewed the same director about two years ago for his leather short film called Alone, and if you want to actually take a look at Alone and everything, check out my Dixieland review that out Alone. And that's going to be a non-spoiler review. And of course, Dixie Land is also a non-spoiler review as well. So that's going to be it as far as the show goes. But Kevin, man, don't be a stranger around here. I would love to have you back on here again to review some movies and stuff. Keep up the awesome work over on your TikTok and also, of course, on your podcast as well. Appreciate it, man. Good Anytime. Thanks for having me. Anytime.